Welcome to the Indie Kid Lit Podcast. Join Marty Dumas and Elena Page on their quest to help children's and middle grade authors find the right audience and sell more books. <laughs> Welcome back to the Indie Kid Lit Podcast. I'm Elena Page. And I'm Marty Dumas. And today is our sort of famous, slightly infamous goal setting and uh like review podcast episode this is so this is our episode 49 so that means that we're looking back from episode 43 through episode 48 and this is like a really heavily packed list can i just say before we actually start 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 talking that this sounded like such a great idea when we were first deciding that we we're going to do it i like have really unrealistic expectations for myself and how much work i can get accomplished in a time period and so when we were i was like i was like oh it's like we have like two weeks between everyone <laughs> to be able to like try out implement a thing that they did and then like come back and report on it i can totally get that done definitely <laughs> i did for a little while but like now it's really i'm like this is a lot like we have a lot to try which i guess yeah. is a good problem to have but okay yeah. so <laughs> with that failure said <laughs> um, <laughs> We um we had in our like stretch this time we had Lori Wright, Melanie Schubert, uh, Terrence Shipman, Karen Inglis, who is a like that was a repeat for Karen, um, David Blaze, and Jessica Brody. So should we start from the top? What do you think? Yeah, let's start from the top. Lori Wright. And Lori's amazing. She's like so kind and uh generous with her time, and also like still killing it. Go, Lori. Killing it. Killing it. And she deserves to because she's really done everything right. I think we can learn so much from her right from the very beginning. I mean, she's so structured. She even did Kickstarter and raised the money for all <laughs> for the illustrations. That's impressive. Yeah, it totally is. And also knowing your market. I think that like that's a thing that we come back to very often. If you catch one of Lori's ads or like if she's like if you're one of the people that she's been generous enough to like just send ad copy to which she's done right mm -hmm. um and you're looking at it she knows who she's talking to and she's talking specifically to that person in the ad and the book is talking specific and specifically and directly to a need which I think that we mm -hmm. underestimate a lot of times because I don't know. I don't even know why. Like the creative muse. It's like, I feel like having this. It's like, if you're not your test audience, then that's maybe, you know, I mean, I guess obviously there's value in that, but there's also value in the other thing too. I think we tried too hard to be writerly, you know, like that to sound sort of smart writerly. And she just makes it so simple, like really simple, clear language. It's almost stupidly simple and yet it's really hard to do like it seems like oh my gosh this would be so easy to use that simple language she uses i don't know how she does it i think just her brain works like that <laughs> she's so yeah. good at it it's a, who, who said that thing i would have written you a shorter letter but i didn't have time it's really <laughs> hard to write really direct simple prose that's uh, clean and understandable that's not an easy task at all yeah so have so, you been trying to do that a bit more since the interview with her no because it's not my it's not my style and i, I don't have a lot of 
joy from it particularly although i can imagine that there might be things that i might get joy from in that in the future for me all of life is about like finding your joy right and so then sometimes you need money to have that and so then i want everybody to have enough money that they're going to have like the opportunity the space to be able to find their joy so i i probably wouldn't totally sacrifice that on the one hand but there's tons of other things that Lori said for example her like she is running a decent amount of ads every day mm -hmm. on amazon and also she has a decent ad spend like on its face right now mm -hmm. her ad spend results in exponential profit right but she's not spending five dollars a day and thinking that that's going to bring in a gold rush for her wow. so that has that that means that it's out there which we know like amazon's whole point in life is making people dependent on amazon so that they yeah. are on amazon which means that people are on amazon so that means your people are on amazon too so um spending more time on those amazon ads and truly like doing what it takes to be able to master them is important it's not a thing that i've like really really done but it is a thing that i'm planning to do um I, we have um amazon ads running but they're essentially just like running on autopilot like so we have like sort of weeded out the keywords that don't work as well or that we didn't get good at like didn't get good ros like return on and uh, roi on return on investment um mm -hmm. but and then just like let them be right so they're mm -hmm. like running at a very low steady state but that's probably not that's not the best plan that's just like a make sure you have your toe in that water kind of plan so then um because of lori like that ends up on the list but it's not a thing that like i've actually done for us yet or had somebody else do for us yet what about you i if i'm allowed to say i hired lori you're is allowed to say yeah well you know i'm like is that my mind it's to be secret i hired her i just thought you know what like i could sit here and try to work all this stuff out or i could just pay her the measly amount that she charges and get her to actually work on and how's book. it going she's gonna end up having a thousand clients like that i know this is going even remotely well for you because like i'm gonna be next and this is gonna be before i'm just heads up everybody because if elena has even a mildly good ex experience in this conversation this i'm going to be doing that before this episode airs so that like i'll be ahead of you in line so, but, do not okay. steal do not steal my time with her okay, okay I, I won't i definitely won't <laughs> i don't have i haven't found the time yet to do all of those things like i've I'm tried scared. to be like prioritizing writing and it's like insane anyway no, so tell no, us I'm, about I'm, your experience Ellen. i'm kidding around you know like i i do have a few clients of my own who often say to me and it drives me crazy oh, i haven't told anybody about you because i like to keep you to myself and i'm like seriously dude, is that like a dude, thing dude, dude, don't do that don't do that <laughs> so you know i'm not gonna do that i'm happily sharing her expertise but essentially i hired her to have a look at my original series which is the meditation adventures for kids but she's also yeah, those she, are great she looks at everything you know like she's just so amazing like if there's extra time or stuff she'll be like by the way i also fixed up your magicians you know like <laughs> she's amazing and and it's probably it, like i imagine i would not have improved this by the time this goes to air so in case i haven't you're welcome to go and ruin my statistics by going on and having a look at my book blurbs but essentially I've corrected book one and book two, according to okay. her method. 
and haven't really gotten around to doing three, four, five, six, and seven yet. I will do that during the January holidays. So it's probably a good time to see the contrast between them. So, you know, like it's, it's been fantastic. So, you know, we've, we go through the, the blurb and the really detailed look at the blurb and the reviews and how to lay it all out and make it look really pleasing and aesthetic and all that sort of stuff. And the words that you want to pop and how to write that blurb so that it pops. Like she really goes in depth. And then, you know, like even the about the author, she just made me sound so smart and really, and and I think the key is not even the smart bit, to be honest. It's she made me sound like I knew what I was doing when I wrote the books. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like they, yeah. like they really like you had a purpose and you know who you were talking right. to. And- Thank you. You've said that so poignantly. It's exactly what she did. So it was that. like, Marty, stop saying the same thing over and over again. Okay. But you just say it differently and it's perfect. You know, we need things repeated lots and lots of times in all different ways to appeal to different listeners. And that's the key. And it's, that's exactly what, what she's done. But also she did walk me through the ads and um, how to make sure that I kill ads that aren't making money and keep ads that are making money and scale them up. And so far, it's been going really good. Like I've definitely increased my income since doing the session with her, which I suppose is the bottom line, you know, because you do, I, I mean, it's not the only reason we we do these things, but ultimately it has increased my revenue from doing that with her. And I've still got a couple of sessions to go. So we're not really done yet. And yeah, I highly recommend it, but don't steal my last two time slots. Oh, okay, because I don't want my session in April. I'm warning you people (laughs) so yeah but it's uh, she's fantastic she's got and it's interesting like even talking to her she says oh I like doing the marketing stuff better than writing the book she's just got the brain for it you know that really brain for it yeah that that businessy but it's not even just the businessy brain she simplifies the complex and I think that's really the key so I, I suppose what I'm saying to listeners is even if you don't have a session with Laurie go back to really the basics and simplify the complexity. Say what you really want to say, the people who you really want to say it to in a way that they'll understand. Yeah. That's really all it is. Yeah. It is all it is, but like that's like such a hard thing to do. I yeah. see people all the time who are like posting their blurbs for feedback and you can sort of tell from the feeling, like, you know how like, like some posts have like an aura on all their own. So like you're like feeling in this post that the person really what they wanted to hear was this blurb is glorious. Yeah. And yeah. You should change nothing and just put it exactly as it is. <laughs> like on the back of the book and on the internet, you're a genius. And like it's comforting to be able to hear that. But like a lot of times, I feel like most of the time that I feel that aura coming off of that kind of like request for, for, for support or information or whatever. Um, the person has put all the things that they love about the book in their blurb because it's their book. Like they, like, I feel like it's really, really, really hard to do that for your book, particularly if you're retrofitting it. Right. So if you didn't have that very simple vision of who this is for, why they need it, like why it's going to improve their life on the front end, I feel like it's super hard to, to like, reverse engineer it on the back end when you're the author so i do think that Lori has a particular talent but like i identifying the the thing that you need like that 
at the very least, if you can't like get in with Lori, like you, if you are doing it with a partner, like you can use more specific words to, to ask them what it is that you need. Like you can say, I know that I'm probably too close to this, but this needs to be simple. <laughs> it needs to be, you know what right. I mean? Like all the things you can maybe pass that off to a, a, a writing partner or like a, a critique partner or however that, mm -hmm. that works to try to kickstart that same thinking for your own thing if you're if you're not gonna try to get in with Lori which I feel like there's just gonna be a stampede of people trying to get in with Lori because... <laughs> it doesn't kill me for increasing a business tempo. I know right <laughs> <laughs> like she's I'm making like, quite wanna... enough off my book thank you <laughs> so, like, <laughs> she's like but... I really wanted to have a Christmas holiday thank you Eleanor <laughs> <laughs> oh dear Boy. okay so um so then we talked with um, Melanie Schubert, who has Gregory and the Grimbuckle, which is like just an adorable little book, but she just has that one book and it just seems like it's like all over the place, her her one book. And um, she did a lot of um, Grilla marketing things, which is what made me so like interested in her in the first place. But then when we were talking to her, a thing that she pointed out was how much she enjoyed being a part of a team and that being a part of a team was, for her, the biggest part of her success, but then also of her enjoyment of actually being a creative, like a writer. So what did you pull out from Melanie? I can, I can honestly say from Melanie, I, I remember asking her about her, you know, confidence, because she's, to me, she's quite strikingly confident about her book like she sort of you know has this I'm a writer I wrote this amazing thing and and so she should be and I, I remember at the time when we interviewed her that I was not that still you know after how many books I'm like Melody I need some of your confidence and I do feel that I've gained more of that after talking with her interestingly I feel that she was right if you don't go out and really love your baby no it's like sending your kid to kindergarten and saying i don't know how i feel about this kid you know i hope you, it's, it, you wouldn't do that so why do that with any of your children you know your little books so i really took that i also with her um a couple of other things you know obviously her creativity the book you know had a soundtrack i haven't done any of that necessarily though having said that i did have a soundtrack for lolly and the lollipop because it originally was an audio CD. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, and it is quite nice. I don't know that I would do it for a middle grade, but maybe, you know, it's quite a novel idea. So that, yeah, she's very creative, isn't she? With how she gets that, that one book out there and picking out the characters and making them very unique. And you're very good at doing that too. You know, like you've done that, I think with both of your series. Oh, you've got Wait, three series. Well, you know, if I think of, you know, Jaden Toussaint, like he's a, you know, he's a cool dude, you know, like he's, he's a character that is memorable that someone would want to dress up as on, you know, book week, you know, like it's, it's that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I think I also picked up from her that she's made that character quite unique and special. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I think that for Melanie, the thing that I am trying to implement is also part of the the confidence thing but not exact maybe not exactly the same in the same line mm -hmm. but like definitely in that same direction because i found it really interesting 
the the teamwork thing right her being like that she's a part of a team and and i'm like yeah all of us need validation right it's like you're talking to yourself while you're yeah. writing these things and you are actually talking to yourself while you're <laughs> writing these things so to have validation come from the outside even if it's if it's not huge right like it, it can be small but then that to me said i need to be more intentional about putting the things that i've written before publication in the hands of people whose opinions i respect so like beyond my editors right like being like hey legit if you read this and felt like it was good then i would feel like yes okay maybe this thing is a little bit ready for the world there's somebody out there who wants to to hear it um mm -hmm. and your opinion really matters to me i think i have we've done a lot more of and not to say that like obviously the people on my mailing list's opinion matters to me. Like that's like, like, that's like a huge thing, but like we've um, done more where it's like, I don't necessarily know the person until we start emailing back and forth because they end up like on my um, beta reader team. Mm -hmm. And so then it's like, that's when I get to know them, not before then. So then I also want to make sure that I'm adding in people besides my editor before then who I'm like, okay, tell me what you think, you know, yeah. about this thing. Um, yeah. so, Cause it's nice to have some validation. It really, it really is. And it does help you to move forward with more confidence. I think when there are people, which inevitably will happen, who like really your book is not for them. So then they're really not going to enjoy the book. So then I feel like you need to have as much in your head about like what, what's good, like what's working with it, like who it is mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. to be able to counterbalance that before it even, <laughs> before cool. it even happens. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Really valid point. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that on board. I will. That's a good one. I'm, I, yeah, I, because I'm not so much a validation person. Like uh, people think I am because I'm like, oh, it's terrible, isn't it? But you could validate it till the cows come home. You could say it's amazing. And I'm like, shut up. What do you know? Like I, I, it's me it has to validate it's the opposite yeah. to you. You know, I, I feel, yeah. and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel you're the opposite. You're like, you know, this, I'm really proud of this. I did a really good job. And then you put it out and someone might go, well, you, you know, you, you, you want it to reach your audience. You not necessarily, I think right? it's more like, no, not necessarily. I think it depends on the book. Right. Okay. So there are some books that I'm like, well, I love this story. So psh, like Jupiter storm. Okay. I love that story. If no you don't what, love that story, then that story is not for you. That's my yeah, opinion, but it, I love that story. But I think that there are other things that like, it's like I have written it, maybe not to market, but like I've written it to someone that is not me. So uh -huh. then I'm okay. not sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's- yeah. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because you've written it for that audience, you want to make sure it does hit the audience's needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or that if I'm, if it's not my needs, it needs to be meeting someone's needs. Do you yes. know what I mean? It's, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Good clarification. Yeah. Good. You know, life. All right. So then we chatted with Dr. Terrence Shipman, who also has been doing a good deal of um, guerrilla marketing, but also had been like trying to like dip into, he did a lot with like crowdfunding things and also really like rallying his local community around him and his work and 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 still like it's still like if you follow him 
on Instagram or in other places, like you still, you see that that's still happening. Like it's still rolling through. So what did you get from Dr. Shipman? So much. It was, it's amazing how he, it's really based on, you know, family values and sort of core, core needs that like everyone's going to have to do, like, you know, everyone has a first day of school, you know, that, that sort of just basic thing, which is again, a bit like Laurie, so obvious. And yet we don't do enough of, and the themes, you know, talking up your, the themes of your book, I think I really got from Dr. Terence Shipman. How about you? Yeah. So I, I think, um, certainly those things, but also I really don't, I've like done the exact opposite of what he has done in terms of engaging like my community. I, in fact, never tell my immediate community when I have a new book coming out. I'm like, if you really, mm, yeah, no, I don't for, I mean, I, I did that. And I, yeah. So like the sort of like church community that like I was like in like up until my early twenties, people were super, I want to say entrepreneurial. Like they were trying to like be able to be independent and be helpful to each other, but also be independent at the same time. And the thing that I saw in there was that like everybody was selling to every, it was like a tiny little economy. Like people were essentially like selling to each other over and over again. It's like, that's not actually, none of you is actually gonna, me, I mean, you'll be able to trade your wares and that's a, a valuable thing, but your idea that this is going to like kickstart your business is really false because like the community is too close, it's too tight. And I don't like selling people things that they don't need. So I don't have a desire personally, although probably as a business person, I should for the people that I know to go out and buy my books and then have them just sit on a shelf unless that that's what they do with books anyway, right? Like if they just buy books to decorate their shelves, then certainly buy mine and stick it up stick them on the shelf too. But if you're not really the audience, then I, I, I wouldn't want, so then I just don't say, and mm. I think that that has helped in some sense, a, because I don't feel like I, I do have a, a lot of writer friends who are like sad when their friends aren't like vehemently liking their, their, I published a book post, or maybe they are vehemently liking their, I published a book post and they but then there's not corresponding sales to go with that. So then there's like a sadness in that for them. And I like, I never get that because I never say, so then that's the thing. And then the other piece is that I, I, my also bots, where's the wood? Knock, 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 knock. My also bots are always really good. I never send random people to my page. Right. And I think that that's why my also bots are always really good. Again, the wood, we're knocking on that. But so then, like the idea of like, so then talk, like talking with Dr. Shipman, I was really like, how should I be harnessing my community? Like in what ways should I be willing and able to ask about things? Yeah. I, I, and, and, and I'm, I'm still working on that, but I'm more willing to work and think about it. I think as a result of his conversation, because essentially the people are supporting him because they love him but which is good, right? And I don't think that you should stop people from doing things to show you that they love you. So like that's, yeah, anyway, so that's a, that's a life lesson for me, but like probably a lot more therapy is gonna be needed before I'm able to like <laughs> fully get that one like out in, in like a useful sense. 
ultimately it's about how you build a community right yeah. it's yeah. how do you actually build a community around yourself and you know it's, it's i think it's a struggle for a lot of authors because like you said either that the, the community is their family and friends who aren't really their community you know we, you want to build your actual tribe and i think he does that so well because a he's a, you know a teacher in that environment and he you know is genuinely again a bit like Laurie, offering them a, a, the solution kind of but in in such a helpful way like that he's 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 not actually going out and saying hey i wrote a book he's saying you know how, when you start school you know like he's, it's he's actually talking about the principles and family values and he's making it like he, we're all together on this we're all working towards this together yeah i think that's the difference but it's a big conversation because that's all about how do you build a tribe around yourself in a way that isn't tacky or it's it's tricky it's not as simple as it sounds i think it's good and maybe it's something for us to aim for in future episodes to get more examples of that because i think there are many different ways you can do it and the more examples we have of that the the better it is and i i just recently heard um chris fox actually on joanna penn's podcast talking about how he's you know made his own like a dungeons and dragon game and how he's building a tribe and a community you know from from that perspective so there's lots and lots of different ways to do it i think it does need a bit of thought to be done well but to not do it at all isn't necessarily the 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 solution yeah no it's definitely not the solution that's not that's not the i mean you can not have a community and still sell books and things um but it takes it does take a certain quality certain qualities to create a team and dr terence shipman is just such a leader isn't he you can feel that personality in him he he leads those people and not every author is going to be that kind of leader so it's not going to work for everybody but one way or another you are building a community if you have people that buy your books so no no absolutely absolutely and and that's not um yeah definitely definitely building a community in that sense or uh which is one of those things that it's like every time somebody unsubscribes like from your mailing list you should have like a little party like a mini party you should have like a little thing that you do because that means that your tribe is getting more defined right it's like you send a message that message wasn't for that person they don't actually need to stick around they're not on your team like in that sense so like that yeah. part i feel like i do okay with like i'm and i'm i totally have a little party like whenever i get an unsubscribe i'm like oh look at that like i sent you a message <laughs> that was about my writing and my life and that wasn't for you then thank you because like i totally paid for this mailing list it's not free right. um right. but but i mean like the literal like he has parents of the kids that he's taught the kids that he's taught the teachers like these are like people who are like yeah. literally just like in his life and i don't harness my actual family my actual friends like that and sometimes they are annoyed with me but also i feel like they would i personally this is again my own thing that i'm gonna clearly have to work through in therapy that i feel like they're going to be annoyed with me if i actually <laughs> am trying to like get them to do those things so then um i'm like you know what it's fine there are people who are like excited who like for whom oh. this would be their thing yeah, yeah, yeah. 
good. But yeah. I'm sure that there must be some way in the way that Dr. Shipman has, I'm sure there must be some way for me to also be able to have those other people involved like he does, but not mm -hmm. have it be an imposition, like not have it be, it's like a way for them to be able to show him that they love him, that they care, but like, it's not all the way into like, buy my book, <laughs> like do <laughs> tell everybody, you know, to buy my book, um, kind of. I think it's thing. just, you know, so much of who he is. I think that's why, you know, like, but it, I don't think it's necessary that you have to get your, you know, family. The other thing I want to say about that is, you know, thinking of my, the other brand that I built up and I used to think it was all about the content, you know, like now we think it's all about the content, our books. Do you like my books? And it took me, you know, maybe 10 years because I kept hearing this thing, you know, I'd run workshops and thing and people kept saying this and I'm like, what do they mean? They'd say, we don't care what you teach. We just come to hang out with you for the whole weekend and pay the money. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> And, you know, it's it's been really weird switching from that, like getting that, oh, it's what? It's not about my content. It's about hanging out with me. What do you mean? And yet when I write kids' books, I think, no, it's about the books. But slowly this same message is coming through. Oh, we don't care what you write. It's just as long as you've written it. And I'm like, what? That's Hold on. That's what the other crowd was saying. Maybe that's actually a thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I like think that that's actually a thing. I like, think it's a thing. I do. And I don't think we think it's a thing enough because we're so defined by that story or book we wrote. And it's not actually so true. I think it is that in this day and age, you know, we, I don't know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you know, we love Harry Potter all that more because we love JK Rowling, you know, like she's such a gorgeous human being. So it makes us love Harry even more. Agreed right it's that and if she i don't care if she wrote you know potatoes in the sky like i'd probably go buy it because i love it i think the barriers between authors and humans <laughs> do you like the way authors aren't humans yeah. authors and humans have broken down so i i don't know i get that sense from from terence you know that he's it's people just love being in his presence they wouldn't care if you wrote a book about you know like anything they'd be like yay yay <laughs> we'll, we'll take it he doesn't have to push it he just has to create stuff and people just come because they love being in his presence so anyway yeah. that's um my last thoughts on that matter <laughs> yeah i think that's cool so karen inglis has a new book right and it's been getting some great feedback and um, a lot of people who uh, don't know where to start have been finding it a great resource from what I'm hearing in Facebook groups, which is fantastic. And even people who are um, a little bit down the way, it's she's really put together such a massive amount of information, which she's even put our podcast in her book. So very honored. I know, bless her, <laughs> like her dear self. <laughs> she's yeah, amazing. they're like, oh my God, we have to keep doing this till we're like 80 because we're in the book and books are always- like, No, it's permanent. <laughs> That's like a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah no i a karen is always so generous and like that the book itself i mean I, we're gonna talk about like what we learned from our interview but the book itself is like a, a real like it's a real monster there's like a lot yeah. in the books so it's a super useful guide um in general and is like overly generous for the price so uh yeah. so that's 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 really cool what did what, what were your takeaways from our interview with karen 
oh, you know, I keep hearing that word school visits, school visits. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I haven't still done one. And I think it was on my goal list and I've completely failed. It totally was on your goal list. I thought, okay, we can talk about that because I didn't hit all the things on my goal list either. But that'll be, that's another episode. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrified. You know, but on the, on the aside, I have, I feel been working on my communication skills so that when I stand up in front of children or teachers that they don't completely eat me alive. That's, you know, one thing I've been doing, but it's this sort of mental concept of, so what am I going to talk to them about <laughs> that I can't quite get my mind around? I mean, I've done a few visits, but not this year, but they were kind of sort of fell into place based around a book. And I don't know how to actually approach a school in a way that isn't, um, here's me and my books. I feel like I want it to be a bit more adding value to their classroom or to, does that make sense? Am I wrong? I don't know. Correct no, it makes total sense. And, and I was going to say that I am less nervous about talking to young people. It is one of my few skills, right? Being able to talk to young people. I love, I'm like the worst author in a line where like there's a line of kids to sign because I'm not going to not talk to the children. So then right. it just makes the line be extra right. long because I'm not going to not talk to them. Like we're going to chat, like we're going to connect. It's going to be great. And then uh, we can go to the next person yeah. and like everybody gets to have that. So then that's fine. But um, <laughs> I do not want to have to talk with the adults that are in charge of those. Right. <laughs> Which is a whole other thing. So I think that one of the things that I really also thought about after Karen's interview and actually all in the middle of it and of Karen's, uh, this, this time when we got to talk to Karen, is that I need to think about what my message is for like pre-thinking the conversations mm -hmm. with the adults inside of the space. And the thing that I came up with was, well, a thing that I am comfortable saying is here's how this thing matches your curriculum, right? Yeah. And here's a workshop that I can do. And it certainly won't be, okay, because I'm a famous author person and you should just want right. to know about me. It'll be like, yeah. here's a skill that we can all walk away with at the end of yeah. this time. And yeah. also I have some books, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I think you I think you can really do that because you've been, you know, you that you've got the teacher skills and just even a concept of uh, what you know what causes a good class structure and what you know kids get out of you know like I've almost got no concept of that in mm. in many ways and you know the whole t keeping the time thing I'm terrible you know like me can I just ask one more question at the end yeah I would I don't know I I, I know like, if some, I there's a that you have more of that than you than you think or and or are letting on right now right maybe I just like have to do uh -huh. Yeah, that's like if if you probably if you sat down to write out a workshop, like you, it would probably start to flow. Do you okay. know what I mean? Um, I don't know, whatever. But but I'm also, too. you've got a tremendous community around you who can like give you feedback on that kind of thing, and and you True. are building a tribe of both writers and readers. So then you can be all like, hey, you know, here here's the thing that I was thinking about. <laughs> what do you guys think about it? And if nothing else, I do, I am very good at sharing my like full on my face moments. So, you know, like if I just do one and it all goes terribly wrong, I would definitely be here going, this is what happened. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. But still, I don't know, I have this secret dream that it's just all going to go perfectly and be divine. And so I put it off. 
But yes, after hearing Karen again and thinking, oh my gosh, I still haven't like done that. What am I doing? And then I, I've also fallen into this trap of, and Karen's great for this because, you know, she has her core lot of books. None of them are in a series and that doesn't stop her. So she, you know, she's got the same book, pretty much the same books for how many years, but she keeps doing those visits, you know, and I'm like, oh, no, no, those books are old. I need to have at least a couple more. I know maybe a couple more. So, you know, now I have 18, but still it's not quite enough. <laughs> it's like insanity. Yeah. So if there's yeah. a counsellor out there who can help me, call me. Call me. <laughs> That's sultry enough. Call me. So I, I also got, yeah, we're clearly both of us are like on the fruit therapy train today. Like if anybody's got that out there, like let's, let's have that happen. Um, but um, mm. from Karen as well, the idea for me, like I, I hear that, but also it's like to extend that another thing is a reminder of how long the children's book game is. Right. So the fourth graders are new every year every year it's a whole new set of kids so if you go and speak to the fourth graders at an element that's an annual gig if you do a great job so then and the book right. is new to them every I year thought of that until you just said that isn't that funny like i'm sure she said that but i just heard it now when you said that well look at that with like <laughs> hearing the same thing with other people's voices sometimes it just like clicks in a way that's awesome that's awesome but like also like just thinking about like the long the long-term game of children's books like I was looking at a, a thing somebody made one of those you know how like the internet yields all these like top 10 or top nine they're never top 10 anymore mm -hmm. they're like nine best this and nine whatever there was like a nine best uh no 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 49 books uh -huh. like children's books that you should be making sure are on your shelves and I'm like looking at this and besides the one that won all of the awards this year crown Every book was old as bajiminy. That was on really? the list. Yes. They were like eight years old, 15 years old, 20 years. It was like so old, these books that are on this list. And and that's not necessarily, it's not necessarily a bad thing because if you're just getting to the point in your life where you are in, in need of that, because now you have an eight-year-old or now you have mm -hmm. a 10, you know, mm -hmm. um, then mm -hmm. it's all new to you. Like, like you uh, yeah anyway so um yeah and I different think groups different gr different generations come back into things in different ways don't they absolutely absolutely yeah. and so then that's great and and karen did like a, a little re not even revamping but like a light revision on her covers right. and that that's another thing too it's like yeah okay they've been out a little while We'll just take a nice look at it. And that's like what the big pubs do. <laughs> They're like, you know what? Here's a brand new cover for this very, very old book that was written in 1960. But here yeah. is a modern kid on the front. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 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 And she's done that with The Secret Lake and it started to really take off. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. It's amazing. Uh, also so with cool. her, I was, you know, print books. I think she, you know, that reminder that print books do do really well and there's lots of different ways that you can get them out to people which isn't just amazon although amazon is wonderful we love them dearly there's you know like she sells a lot through the schools and i'm sure she does have occasional market i think she's mentioned but there's ways to get them to get them out there so don't forget those print books because they're not yeah. old-fashioned for children they're still the number one choice all right. So then we had David Blaze on to talk. I love David. He's great. He is blazing. 
I'm like that is you know he's blatant. Oh, oh, oh that was extra corny. That was so great. <laughs> <laughs> he totally is. He's a shooting star. Sorry, David. I know that's all. I'm far away, so you can't reach me in Australia. <laughs> that's why I'm taking advantage. <laughs> but um, yeah, doing fantastic with with his chapter books. My fox ate my homework. What a fabulous title. Yeah, you know, no wonder. Title, very clean. The cover art is very clean, very yeah. to the point. Like it's, you know, this is going to be funny. This is going to be like, it's giving you all the promises yeah. like right there on the front. He's like really killing it with advertising. I think my weirdest, the weirdest thing about that, I like thoroughly enjoyed that interview. He's great and he's super generous. Yeah. Uh, is that like at the very end he's all like oh yeah i'm doing some weird stuff too like <laughs> billboards <laughs> i was like what you're, doing, you're an indie author like you're like a like a self-published like an indie author and you're doing billboards i like i'm like a i'm not being bold anymore like that's yeah like <laughs> yes let's all be bold you know and yeah like that for from honestly for me that was like the biggest be bold is like the biggest takeaway there and sometimes you need to have a little setup in order to be able to be bold but um it doesn't always mean being like rash but anyway there was lots of useful information there you should go back yeah listen if you haven't heard that it wasn't just this gimmicky thing that i got off the end elena's gonna save that part now so elena what were your takeaways <laughs> the billboards were awesome i have not tried that yet myself i must confess uh but i um i think it was david was a really good example and why i was so pleased to bring that interview to authors is because it's important to recognize that yes, the more self-helpy type books like Laurie writes are fabulous, but a lot of authors don't write them. You know, like that some authors do just want to write stories, you know, that that aren't like they all have a theme, of course. They have there's a theme in every story, but to be able to show an author who's financially doing well and is writing chapter books. I mean, that's fantastic about everyday stuff, you know, stuff going on in school or whatever. I mean, there's fantasy in there too. It's, and it's doing so well. It's doing so well. It's all about how much effort you put in. I suppose that's what I really got from David. He's got this real kind of approach of, yeah, I'm just going to keep going until I learn the ropes and, and I'm going to get the book there. And he has, he has. He's got a new series. I think he's. I mean, he's continuously still doing very well, and the you know he mentioned some things like getting the look inside. Don't underestimate the power of that. Make sure that that initial first chapter or sec, you know, couple of chapters really does, like you said earlier with your validation stuff. Thank you for clarifying. Connects with your reader. That's the validation that you're talking about. It's that the reader goes, oh, I really like this. I can relate to this. And we are grown-ups trying to write kids' books and we do need that because we're, we're not little kids anymore. It'd be great if we were, but we wouldn't have the language that we do. So, you know, we have to – anyways, that's my takeaway. All right. Very cool. And then we have Jessica Brody, and I'm surprised that you're not just, like, fainting at the mention oh my God. of her name. Oh, my God. I'm going to do – ready? I'm going to do my, my Greek. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do that. 
for all the Greeks out there. <laughs> oh, God. She was amazing. I know. I, I, you better go first because I just want to shut up. <laughs> yeah, no. So I love the remind. I love, you know, periodically you have to go back and like keep reading things about the basics of what you're doing in terms of story structure, right? So like you read a book, right? It's like reading the Odyssey when you're like six. You you probably caught something out of that story. You definitely did, right? But then yeah. you, you, and you took whatever you could catch out of it and it was great at the time. And then you read it again when you were 10 and you were like, oh, holy moly. I didn't even realize that that had happened in there because now you're like a little bit more prepared to hear a little bit more of it. You can act on a little bit more of it, all that does. So a, I always love having a reminder. Hey, like when was the last time you went back and read about, <laughs> about story structure, right? But then like being able to hear how clear that reminder is because of Jessica's story where she said, I had a story that I loved and I tried to get it out there and it didn't work. And then I had another story that I loved and I tried to get it out there and it didn't work. And then I fixed it using story structure and then bam, and ever since then, it's been, they've been working, right? And um, yeah. and I can figure out when it's not working, how and why it's not working, because it's like, oh yes, reminder, the structure is not your constraint, the structure is your freedom, like go back and read and remember about those things and you'll probably be able to implement something new that you didn't have the emotional mental space to be able to implement the first time that you read that thing through. So. Um, that has prompted my little local writers group to like pull back out our copies of Save the Cat. And also, I also now have a copy of her version of Save the Cat, which is just for novels. And so we started like taking a look at it together the, to do a little compare and contrast of, of that. Mostly there's a lot of tone difference, which I actually super appreciate her version because yeah. I, the tone is for me better I don't, I don't want to say better in general because you know everything's yeah, yeah, so subjective but like for me better yeah yeah that's a that's a really good point I, I think you you nailed it when you said that it's it is the tone is different I wouldn't have thought that because I haven't read the original in a while but you're right the tone is quite quite different and because she writes also middle grade I think that's why I also appreciate it because you know a lot of structure books are mostly and they'll often talk romance and you know, other sort of things, but very few touch upon um, kids' stuff. And she does put in a bit of kids' stuff in there and she's written that. So I I, I appreciate that part of, of what's in there. And I did, uh, for me, what I did is I, I took that structure and uh, wrote a book in 15 days using it to just see if the structure would make me go faster and cleaner and better. So I didn't essentially plot it because I'm, I'm still mostly a pantser, but I would stop and check the structure kind of and then go, you know. And How it, did that it, go for you? It's still the editor. And you know what happens to me is I send it off to the editor and Don't think worry. it's amazingly fantastic and then I'm about to take over the world. And then it comes back from the editor with all these edits. <laughs> and then I like, crumble we're right, supposed right. to send you back. It's like, have you ever seen that um, a Christmas story movie? The one where he's like, you'll shoot your eye out or whatever. Um, there, Where he's daydreaming. The kid, Ralphie, is daydreaming about uh, he's writing an essay for school and they have to write like a little 
a theme on what they want to get for Christmas. And he's writing his theme that he wants to get a Red Rider BB gun. And he, so he's saying, think, but while he's writing it, he's thinking, he's imagining what the teacher is going to say when she reads this. And she's like, oh, all of these are horrible. <gasps> a Red Rider BB gun. Oh, it's genius. A plus, plus, plus. Plus, and that's you with like the editor. Exactly. You're like the editor is gonna send me back a plus, yeah. plus, plus. <laughs> that's exactly right, and I'm, no, I'm and even then... more convinced this time around because I used Jessica's structure. So of course she's gonna do that. <laughs> like, what else are you gonna say? Amazing. <laughs> Oh, well, I, I hope for you that the editor sends back A++ or that if the editor does does in fact send back A++ that it's also like filled with all the things that made them say A++ because <laughs> somebody just telling you something's great is probably not going to teach you that much but no, yeah. No, yeah. That's exactly right. And the other thing from Jessica was you know she finished up a little bit talking about um the how to be a more productive writer and she sort of touched upon it just briefly at the end and as a result I'm like she's right I didn't buy that course that is like so bad of me how could I not have bought that course so I went and bought the course of course the course of course course is not a course unless it's bought of course so I bought the course there we are and it it was amazing it's amazing like I don't know why I didn't buy that earlier Go and buy that, people. It's like so crazy affordable. It's not even, I mean, to me, it's like free. And it it's stupidly simple. But as a result of doing it, I started turning off my phone. Well, you know, she says this thing, I think, in there of, you know, she'd get up and she'd check her emails and she'd do all this stuff online. And, and then one day she had to stop herself and say, am I a professional writer or am I a professional emailer? And I'm like, oh my God, she's right. I have to turn my world around. So I started turning off my phone and my computer at in the evening, you know, about 10, 10 30, whatever time I go to bed. And I don't turn them back on until 12 30 at lunchtime every day. And if the kids die at school, well, I can find out at lunchtime. It ain't gonna make a difference if I find out in the morning. And so, you know, I've had to psychologically work on that because these days, you know, we just need to know everything as it happens in case something goes wrong, in case something's happening. But in the old days, we didn't have that, did we? Yeah. And it's just made my productivity skyrocket and my peace of mind and my health and everything else, actually, as a result. So, yeah, that's all because of Jessica. That's amazing. That is like a ringing endorsement. Yeah. Productivity, really knows... health, happiness. Like, what else are, well, what are the I, other things? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it's because she walks the path and she shares the truth she doesn't just make it look like what she says in the course is not some golden easy thing. It's actually really hard self-discipline stuff. And yet, you know, she also talks about how she went from, you know, writing one book a year to writing four a year. That's trad published books, which is, I think, pretty impressive. Yeah, and given everything else Incredibly. she does. And she's had to get real, and so she shares about getting real in her stuff. And that's the only reason I'm really like singing her praises so dramatically. I think she she does look for ways to make the things she does work, and then she shares that. And you know, on Udemy, everything is so, in my opinion, so affordable. It's amazing to have access to someone of her caliber in such an affordable yeah. way. 
It really yeah. is, you know, and we were it's lucky brilliant. to get it on the, on the show, I think. It was amazing. Yeah. You know, you often write to people who have got that level of success and they never write back. She wrote back straight away. Would love to. When do you want to do it? I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. So, yeah, that's so it was a great finishing interview to this series and essentially to the year. Essentially to the year. So you are about to go on your intense summer holidays. Is that correct? That is correct. The big Aussie barbecue holiday. <laughs> Why is it called that? I don't know. I just made that up because we had okay. barbers. <laughs> I was like, is that is that really what it's called? That's what I was going to ask, no, but no, you answered that. Okay, that's good. That's awesome. And so for the most part, we will not be back on until like Jan the end of January, right? Or is it early February? Right, early Jan. No, late Jan, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, late January. So to be able to give you so much time to be able to have fun in the sun. I hope you guys are like having amazing like adventurous family vacays while while the kids are out of school on their long vacay. Do y'all have big stuff planned? I'm sure we'll dig up something, but we've just like been so busy that we haven't given it any thoughts. So we're going to do something like completely last minute. Oh, which is my style, but not my husband's. He likes to plan everything. And I'm like, let's just decide once the time comes. He's like, everything's going to be booked out when the time comes. <laughs> so we'll see. Well, I'm sure you'll get it sorted. That sounds like it's, it sounds really enviable. I like kind of wish that in the States, even though it's winter, I've honestly, cause where I live, it's hot. So this right. is like the nice time of year. Like when it's, when, when it's winter wow. in New Orleans is like when it's nice and bearable where you want to go outside and like garden and like, oh. you know, go for a run and like, you know, because it's like not horribly like life defyingly hot outside <laughs> so um i wish that we had a long vacation at this time this would be the perfect time for me for us to get to, to do that kind of thing but sadly our schools are not lined up like that and so then yeah. i don't get that opportunity so i'm just going to live vicariously through you make sure you guys have fun <laughs> awesome we won't disappoint you i'll try my best <laughs> but we so are going to come back we are going to come back with an extra episode before the end of the year. How about you tell everybody about that? Yeah, no, I think that we are planned that we are going to do a like 2018 wrap up and 2019 goal setting episode. So if you are one of the people who has emailed us or commented with your goals, or if you want to be one of the people who emails or comments uh, with your goals so that you can write goals along with us. We're going to be doing our year in review and um, setting goals that people will um, hopefully help hold us to. <laughs> and if you want to be a part of that, then you should totally join in and you can email us with them at the indie kidlit podcast at gmail.com. And otherwise, if you are just wanting to be able to pass this information on to other writer friends who you think might be able to benefit from hearing the diversity of uh, ideas that are like that we've been able to have in the interview so far, it's like really lucky and very cool. Then where should we send them, Elena? Do you mean the website? Is that was that I my do. cue? Did I miss that was your cue to say the that website correctly, but I don't <laughs> say it wrong. <laughs> right. 
www.indiekidlitpodcast. So without the the dot com, without just to confuse the, you, yeah. just to keep just you because, in Yeah, because like, you know, we don't get paid for this. So we split up <laughs> tasks and do them separately. Like you make an email, I'll make the website and then we come back together and they don't match. <laughs> I think that Indie Kidly podcast was taken, I think, from memory. It was already someone else Maybe, took it. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's a little spice of life, people. We're going to keep that together. Clearly okay. didn't take the email, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Good. Well, we will see. We will see everybody soon. And if you want to join in with us, that's great. And if not, then we hope that you have a happy new year. Thank you for listening to the Indie Kid Lit Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a rating or review. For episode show notes, visit www.indiekidlitpodcast.com.